following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Basketball Society. going on everybody this is Alex Fishbein back with you again for another episode of the Atlantic Files and before we get into anything here I want to um, just give a shout out to you guys that you know still come back every time I put an episode up here and that still download it and take the time to listen to it I appreciate you guys staying with me um, as I you know struggle through this kind of like hectic time that I'm going through right now with with work and everything. I appreciate you guys. Um it does mean a lot to me for those of you that do listen to the show. Uh on top of that, if any of you are in the New Jersey area, preferably maybe PA if uh if you're close enough, um, but if you are in the New Jersey area and you are looking to better your game, better your skills, and become a better basketball player and more of a student to the game, then definitely check out our Basketball Society Elite Training. Our head trainer and our founder, Martin Sores, trains guys one-on-one. He has Tons and tons of drills for every single skill you can think of in basketball, and he will help you become a better player. So to do to sign up and to check out some prices, go to our website at basketballsocietyonline.com and click on the Elite Training link, and you will find some pricing and some forms in there to send a message directly to Martin and to us, and we can see if we can get you get you some training and get you to make your middle school team, your high school team, uh, your college team, whatever it may be. Uh, he will. He's one of the best. That's truly what. I've read from many, many other parents that have signed their kids up and what I've seen with my own eyes when I watched Martin play and when I see some of his training videos, you can see them on our Instagram at basketball society underscore. So moving on, uh, definitely check out the underdog sports podcast network. We are one of many podcasts on that network. There are a lot of quality ones on there. Uh, there are three other basketball society podcasts on the underdog sports podcast network as well. They're at the under the underdog sports.com. So definitely check them out as well. Now, 
we can get in to our episode this week. So, uh, obviously, you guys have probably heard by now that Kyrie Irving is done for the season and the postseason. Uh, says he is expected to be out about... Hmm, I believe it was three to four months or it was four to five months. Uh, I'm kind of drawing a blank on that right now, but it was around three to five months in there. I know that's a kind of a broad range, but you understand that he's out for the rest of this season and he won't be back until next season. Now, very first thought, put a fork in the Celtics, you know, I do believe that they could possibly win a first-round matchup. I think that that is pretty plausible Um, because, you know, they they still do have the number two seed. They are still three, sorry, four and a half games above Cleveland uh, with only about, what, five games to go? Uh, four games actually the Celtics only have four games left to go so um they you know they're they're locking up that second seed um and as of right now if the standings end as they appear at this very moment the Celtics would end up facing the Wizards now obviously it's going to be tough especially with John Wall back uh you know especially to lose Kyrie Irving at that point in time, but I do believe that the Celtics could win that series just based on the coaching prowess of Brad Stevens and by the way that they have shown that they can beat some teams without Kyrie Irving so far, you know, in the rest of this regular season. They did go on a uh, on a six-game win streak without Kyrie Irving in there, and that was with wins over the Thunder, over the Blazers, over the Jazz, and over the Raptors. All four of those teams are playoff teams. Sure, the Kings and Suns were in that win streak as well, but you know they were still beating some other playoff teams in there. They were still beating teams like the Timberwolves. They were still beating... Uh, they even beat the Wizards in there without Kyrie Irving. So they they have shown that they can beat some quality teams without Kyrie Irving. Uh, one of the guys that has stepped up a lot is Terry Rozier, uh, but even he was out for the last game. I mean, they, they've just had a plethora of injuries here, like Marcus Smart was hurt. Um, you know, Shane Larkin was even out at one point. They were having Jason Tatum run at point guard, which actually didn't go, you know, too too terribly um it, it it seemed like it worked pretty well with Jason Tatum at point guard but you know it's not really something you want especially when it comes to playoff time uh like a guy who's really not that adept to you know handling the ball all the time and distributing the ball you really want him to be a guy who's on the wing like he's supposed to be so you know if if Rozier stays healthy for the playoffs that will obviously be huge he has shown that he can drop a triple double that he can put up like 40 points uh on any you know on any given night so I I think that going forward into this postseason Terry Rozier is going to be one of their most important players uh, obviously Al Horford is just going to have to continue exactly what he's doing. He's going to have to be the 
you know, the centerpiece of the offense, you know, the, 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 the centerpiece distributor on the offense, I should say, where, you know, he plays that, that high post, that top of the key distributes the ball from there and kind of gets plays moving and gets plays started, uh, from that area on the court. And on top of them, obviously, you know, your go-to scorers are going to have to be Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I mean, those two guys are going to have to be the ones that are going to carry your scoring load. Uh, they they have had a, a wonderful season so far. I mean, don't get me wrong. Both of these guys have been playing very, very well. Uh, a lot better at this point in their career than people probably would have expected yes a lot of people expected Jason Tatum to be the most NBA ready out of his rookie class um that's not counting Ben Simmons by the way um because I'm still counting Ben Simmons with his draft class I should say draft class not rookie class uh but you get my point um so they're, they're going to have to carry a lot of the scoring load. Now, do I trust them to really be consistent enough to win a round? Uh, I think that, you know, out of seven games, I think that they can be, can show up for four. I think that is possible. If I had to, you know, put like a percent of confidence on that, I would probably go with like 55%. Especially if you're going up against a team like the Wizards, who have been in the playoffs the last few years, who have faced some tough matchups and, and some tough series against the Bucks and against the Celtics before. Um, but and, and the fact that they still have guys like Otto Porter and John Wall and Bradley Beal, like these guys are are very very good players and. You know, if you don't have someone on your offense that can kind of counteract their offense, we obviously know how that goes with, you know, teams against the Golden State Warriors. You know, if you don't, if you can't counteract their firepower, well, you're kind of sunk. <laughs> um, so, I, I like my confidence in them being, you know, the consistent lead scorers, the guys who are really going to get it done is about 55, maybe even 60 if I want to push it on the higher side. But it's going to be tough. Like it's going to they're going to have to scrap through every single game to win that series. It's not going to be a point where, you know, they can breeze through one. Maybe if they play like I I would be more confident in them if they played the Heat. I think the Heat would probably be a better matchup for them um maybe even the bucks just because the bucks you know with with like a a new coach and everything since uh, jason kidd was fired um and just how you know crazy that team can be like one minute there they look like they could be a number one seed in the east the next minute they look like they shouldn't even be in the playoffs so there's you know a, a lot of shakiness going on there on top of that the bucks have not been that good on the road um and their their defense even though it's close to the defense of the wizards it's still not as good as the wizards um 
And on top of that with the Bucks, you know, you got Giannis, who is the main guy you have to worry about. And, and I mean, Jabari Parker is another, another concern, but he's not on that level. Whereas with the Wizards, you have to worry about Wall and Beal. Um, and on top of that, you don't have your main players there for Boston. So, you know, there's a lot of worrisome things going on. Um, but if, even if they do make it past the first round, I don't see them winning the next round, you know, and I don't think it's going to be all that close either. So either way, it really sucks because, you know, everyone wanted to see a playoff, uh, series between Boston and Cleveland just to see Kyrie versus LeBron. Um, you know, that, that would have been, that would have made for some great, great television and some great entertainment. So it's a bit of a bummer for that, but, you know, them's the breaks. 2019 could look like a very good year for the Celtics as long as Gordon and Kyrie can stay healthy again. I mean, 2019 now looks like it what 2018 was supposed to bring, you know? Uh, that It was supposed to be the hype with, with Gordon and, and Kyrie, but now that hype has just kind of been paused for a year and will carry on next year. For the Raptors, now they've dropped their last few games to the Cavs. They've been looked at as, especially now with Kyrie out, they've been looked at as the only ones that can take down Cleveland. Um, literally, because like everyone else, you look at everyone else in the East and you're kind of like, eh, they might be able to win one game maybe two games, but none of them uh, present that much of a threat. Whereas the Raptors have consistently been uh, one of the top teams in the East. They have shown that even when you ch completely change their style of offense, that they can still produce on a very high level. And so they present a pretty big threat. Uh, and they still have one of the best backcourts in Lowry and DeRozan. Their bench mob has been ridiculously good, and you know it, it's not good. They're not a team that you can take lightly and at any point in time. Um, however, like I said, they've lost their last few against Cleveland. Uh, like they lost the last, they gave up 112 points to them in their most recent game on April 3rd. Uh, back on March 21st, they gave up 132 points. Granted, they only lost by three then. They only lost by six the other time. Um, let's see. If I go back even further here, they did beat Cleveland back on January 11th. They beat them 133-99. to That was, you know, a big-time win for them, but that was also at a point where Cleveland was kind of really, uh, you know, a lot of things were going crazy in Cleveland with IT and everything back at that point in time. So there was more of Cleveland's mind not really on the game. Um, and then taking it back even further, let's see. It looks like, okay, they didn't even play them before that one. So it was a 2-1 record against Cleveland there. So, you know, that isn't that doesn't bode well for your confidence going into the playoffs. Um, 
granted, they still have to, you know, get past either Milwaukee or Washington first, or the Heat, depending on what happens in this the end of this season. Um, but, you know, with the way that the, the that this team has played, they very well should get through this first round. If they don't get through the first round, I mean, all the jokes and everything are, like, they're deserved at that point against Toronto about, you know, not showing up for the playoffs. If they can't even get past the first round after being, you know, after grabbing this, this number one seed and having one of the best seasons in their franchise history again, um, you know, that that's just going to be pretty awful. And that probably would cost Dwayne Casey his job as well. Um, so, you know, we assuming they get past their first round, um, you know, they're going to either face, so they would probably face the winner of the four five matchup. I believe that's how it usually gets set up. And then on the bottom half of that, it would be like, you know, if, if all the higher seeds won, it'd be the two versus the three. So they would, at this point in time, they would play the winner of the Sixers and the Pacers. Now, the Pacers are a team we can't take lightly. Like a lot of a lot of people weren't even thinking the Pacers would be even close to where they're at right now. Um, they were being picked a lot to miss the playoffs, and you know it's it's kind of been surprising to see. Uh, well, a Victor Oladipo's improvement and how he went from the you know second or third fiddle even at times in Oklahoma City to now the definite number one guy who has been really winning games on his own at some points um so that will definitely be a tough matchup and then on top of that the surging young sixers where you have to worry about guys like ben simmons and guys like joel Embiid, uh, especially with the raptors like you definitely don't have anybody that's going to cover Embiid. With the Pacers, they don't really have like a dominant big man who's going to kill you that much on offense. Their guards are going to do most of the damage for them, and then their their bigs are there to you know clean up the boards and 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 make the hustle plays. But they don't have a guy who in the post or anything like that um, in at, at center or power forward that you can go to whenever you need a bucket. With the Sixers. There's Valanchunas, who isn't that great of a defender. You can try and put a Baca on uh, on Embiid, but at that point, you know, he may get into foul trouble, and then who do you go with? I mean, you have Jakob Pertl, who is, has shown to be a decent defender this year, but do you really want someone like Jakob Pertl, uh, who's a little more on the inexperienced end, going up a guy who's as dominant as Joel Embiid. So, you know, you get, first off, you got to worry about that. Second off, there's the size difference in Ben Simmons. Like, if you put DeMar DeRozan on Ben Simmons, well, Ben Simmons is much bigger than him. Um, and so, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of different mismatches if they do face the Sixers. So if I were the Raptors and I get past the first round, I would rather probably rather face the Pacers as weird as that sounds um but yeah and so then it comes down like say they get past that round whatever it may be we get to the Eastern Conference Finals they face Cleveland like it's all back to this again and it's all back to can they finally get it done get over the hump and beat Cleveland 
and you know finally do what people would think a number one seed as good as them would do pretty much what it comes down to anyway moving on to the Sixers so they're right now in the fourth seed they would face the Pacers in the first round like I was just talking about uh the Pacers have been have given them some fits though uh they they really there's been a uh if I remember correctly there's been a few games that they played against the Pacers that they just didn't play well at all um like they just couldn't get anything going on offense uh the Pacers won two of the three games uh both games that the Sixers lost they failed to even reach 100 points the one of them they only got to 92 uh, if I remember correctly that is the game that I was just referring to where they could not get anything going on offense um Embiid dropped 24 points that game but it was on 9 of 19 shooting uh let's see let's see let's see just checking here just to see if this is the one i am thinking of yeah the team shot 37 percent from the floor uh charge shot five for 13 covington was four for 11 simmons was four of 13 reddick was one of eight uh this was still while bayless was playing as well so he was four of 12 um the the team looks a whole lot different from this game um but even if we go back to let's see here if we go back to like the ver- the most recent game they played against the Pacers. Let's see what the Sixers roster was looking like at this point. So yeah, they had Ilyasava. Um they had Bellinelli. So so the the latest game is what the roster is going to look like when they do play uh Indiana. And at this point, Indiana beat them by two three sorry. I can't math right now. <laughs> uh the Pacers won 101-98. Um, but again, you know, Embiid showed up, Reddick showed up and that was about it. The rest of the guys were like four for 10, four for 11, four for nine, uh, two for seven. The, the rest of the guys just didn't show up that night. And, you know, of course, uh, Miles Turner had a great game that time. Thaddeus Young had a double, double and Oladipo didn't even play well. Oladipo shot four for 21. So, you know, that's the thing. When the Sixers go up against the Pacers, they have to have at least a solid night from most of their guys. Uh, They haven't shown that one guy can have a bad game and the rest can, you know, take it easy. Uh, Like the one game that they won in the very beginning of the season at this point this win made them 5 and 4 they beat the pacers 121 to 110 and that was because the starting five all got into the double digits sharich was shooting 6 for 9 for 15 points covington had 22 and beat at 18 simmons had 14 and reddick had 31 so you know they have to get a big contribution uh, from a lot of guys if they really want to beat the Pacers like the beating the Pacers has to be a complete team effort and that's the thing if Embiid is not ready to go in the in the you know at least the first two games it's going to be very very rough even with home court advantage it's going to be a tough tough matchup and they're going to have to play even more as a team than they than they have been and that's the thing is that the last few games they've been averaging a high high amount of assists and their turnovers haven't been that that 
that big. You know, they, they, they've been working on that kind of thing. Uh, that's obviously been one of the biggest talking points about the, the Sixers this year is that their um, tendency to give up a high amount of turnovers is what has been killing them. But over this 12-game win streak, they have limited that while getting a huge amount of assists. The, I remember... Ooh, let's see. I forget who it was against, but they had about 30-some assists and only around 10 turnovers. So a 3-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio is not bad at all. We'll be praising any point guard that would have that kind of uh, ratio. So the team having it is even better. Um, and if they can continue to play like this, if they can continue to move the ball, spread the ball, find the open guy, find the best shot, you know, things will fall it's just a matter of sticking to it when things start breaking down, especially if Embiid is not there. Embiid was almost like a security blanket for this team. You know, if if a if they started giving up a big run to the other team, it was give the ball to Embiid, let him work, let him do it, let him let him, you know, hit a shot. Now without Embiid, you don't have that, you know, drop it into him and just back off. Uh, you do have Ben Simmons who can try and create, but he hasn't been a guy that has been, you know, give me the ball and just let me go to work and make a shot. He's been a guy that's give me the ball. Now everyone start moving. I will do what I do. And if you happen to get open, I will find you. Um, or at some points he'll pass you open as well. So, you know, that's that's the thing. If you don't have Embiid, the ball needs to just move, move, move. And they have to be smart passes. You know, you can't fall back into the, the huge volume of turnovers like they've been falling into here and there. So there's a lot to look for. I think that, like a lot of people have been saying, you know, if Embiid's not there, there's no way that they're going to win. I think that there's a possibility. I give them a like 20 to 30% chance of winning the first round matchup. If Embiid can't play the whole thing, but, you know, 20 to 30% isn't that much. So that's going to be bad. <laughs> uh, as far as the Knicks and Nets, you know, we know that they missed the playoffs. Uh, they're pretty far down there. The only two teams worse than the Knicks and Nets are the Orlando Magic and the Atlanta Hawks. And it's kind of funny because the Orlando Magic were trying to compete for a playoff spot. Ugh, that kind of sucks. <laughs> but uh, we know that all the playoff teams now are decided for the East. They are the Raptors, the Celtics, Cavs, Sixers, Pacers, Heat, Wizards, Bucks. The West are still trying to decide who is going to make it and who is going to fall out. The Rockets, Warriors, and Blazers are the only ones that have clinched. After that, the 4 through 10 spots are all within a few games of each other. Uh, like, you know, if the Jazz lose their last four games and the Clippers win, the Clippers could, you know, take the Jazz spot as the number 4 seed. And they're currently out of the playoffs right now. So that's how close it is in the West. Uh, it should be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, but all those teams vying for those spots are the Jazz, the Spurs, Thunder, Timberwolves, Pelicans, Nuggets, Clippers. So that'll be interesting. And then if you guys didn't see it, uh, the NBA kicked off their little 2K league. 
you know, they, they have that E-League going on now. They had their inaugural draft. I thought that was pretty cool just to see these guys, you know, having a dream come true. The guys that, you know, really won't have the chance to make it in a profe- an actual professional sports league. Uh, and by professional sports, I mean, you know, like active sports, not e-sports. Uh, because esports are now proving to be, you know, uh, pretty much on par with with actual sports, not in the literal sense of you know the physical activity, but with popularity, with entertainment value. Like it's starting to get up there because, uh, I, like, if you guys know me, if you've been listening to the show, you would know that I've been an avid gamer, you know, ever since I was young, um, and you know, like Call of Duty leagues get, uh, you know, close to 100,000 viewers uh, every night on, on Twitch. And usually if I see like a, just a random uh, couple teams playing in like the Call of Duty World League, like it's not even a big tournament, it's just their league game, uh, it's around like 60,000 viewers at any given moment. And you know, that that's pretty big. Um, if... You know, there, there's some shows like on TV, like on like if you compare it to a channel, it's like I don't know, uh, like a, a Comedy Central or like an Animal Planet or Discovery Channel, whatever. Some of those shows don't even get that many viewers. You know, at, at the the same time, so it's getting to be pretty big. And now that the NBA has their own e league. And, you know, they're they're kind of running it as if it was the NBA. It's pretty interesting and it, it's pretty fun to to follow along with it. We also had one of our guys, one of our newest members at Basketball Society, uh, Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. He was over at the draft and he got to ask some questions to Adam Silver. If you want to see those, check out our YouTube page, Basketball Society on YouTube as well. And you can check out his Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. They're all on there as well. Um, He got to ask him about, you know, like his favorite video games growing up and his involvement with 2K and NBA Jam as well. Uh, And, you know, it's just a fun time. Like a lot of people are like, oh, what is this? Oh, it's stupid. Oh, it's just video games, blah, blah, blah. They just don't like to, you know, have fun and try and imagine, uh, sorry, and, and think outside of the box once in a while. They just want to go with the same old, same old all the time and never, you know, try and expand. So I think it's pretty cool. I'll definitely have updates for you guys on here because uh, all of the Atlantic teams except the Nets have a team in this new 2K league. So I'll definitely have updates for the for that when it starts. It, I believe it starts in May and it runs through August. So I will have some updates on that as well for you guys uh, going forward. So thank you guys for listening to another episode. I appreciate you guys a lot for sticking with me and continuing to download and listen to the podcast. I will be back with you guys hopefully next week. Uh, I believe some things at work should be dying down, so I should be back with you guys next week instead of having another uh, uh, week gap in between. So thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check out BasketballSocietyOnline.com, the Underdog Sports Podcast Network, and I'll catch you guys next week. Peace.